when we're live. When we are live. Eunice, it's been a while since we last did a recording session. It has been a a good while, yes, that is true. Uh, but time is a social construct, so we don't we don't think about that. Uh, but it is good to be back. Definitely. So hey guys, welcome to the Tea Party, a podcast where two Asian American high school students give you the latest tea on down the middle politics and what it's like to be a student from our generation, all while drinking tea. And for me, that tea happens to be Yakut because that's all I seem to drink on on these podcast episodes. It seems I miss Yakut. You missed him. I haven't had it since I came back from Taiwan. It's not something we buy, right? What I'm drinking, Eunice, is yes. uh, for the first time not vegan on this podcast. At oh. least, um, I am drinking honey water, which I guess is a form of tea, but no tea leaves. Um, honey water. Yes. So by honey water, do you mean like you, you took like a few full a few spoonfuls of honey and you dunked it into the water and then you mixed it and you called it a day? Yes. That's very valid. I just had coffee, and I feel like drinking more tea right now would not not be good for me. How are you? How am I? Uh, hmm. It's been a wild. Let's just say it's been a wild last seven. Well, actually, last eight months now because it's November. We're recording this on the first of November. Things have gone down. Indeed. And they will continue going down. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk about it later because that's that's all we have to talk about today. Disclaimer, currently... We're thinking about not following a recording schedule. Yeah. After all, it'll just be episodes when they come out. Because, you know, it's, we already have our own schedules with school and things like that. Uh, and this is a creative project and artists don't follow schedules. Haha. Very well said. Anyways, uh, today's tea is about responsibilities and procrastination, which is becoming increasingly prevalent for all the high school students doing Zoom high school and all the university students doing uh, Zoom uni, as they call it, I believe. Zuni. Oh, God. <sighs> I have a lot of opinions on this, Sean, but I would like to hear your experiences with the, the dual forces of responsibilities and procrastination. The only reason I picked this topic is because those two things are the exact reason why we had a hiatus to begin uh-huh. with. And we're back. So it's time for us to face our fears. Yes. But also because I recently attended a debate on this topic. Yes. On whether Zoom has unequivocally destroyed Gen Z's work ethic. And mm-hmm. I think the conclusion that we came to was that... Uh, Zoom and online schooling in general, as you said, has indeed 
deteriorated our work ethic, and we didn't have that much to begin with. Yeah, I really did not. They really took what little I had at the end of sophomore year. And then note, I was about to move on to the hardest year of high school, as it, almost everyone agrees is junior year. Yeah. And then they were like, you know what? We're just gonna plunge that down to zero. I would even argue that I, I have a negative, a negative work ethic. Like at this point. I don't know how that would work, but it, it certainly does feel like it. I certainly remember the feeling of being motivated to work, um, but <laughs> I guess memory. it's a distant memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And compounded with just the general climate of everything that's mm. going on right now. Especially if you're a politically minded teenager like ourselves. And I really do have a newfound respect for those kids who've been doing online learning it's mm, like before yeah. COVID. The way, best way I can put it in my experience, it's like you took school and then you deleted the classes and then you like tripled the mm -hmm. homework because you, technically mm -hmm. everything is homework because you're doing it at home. Mm -hmm. I, you know... It's really funny when you think about now how much you take to take for granted like lectures and oh. sitting in the classroom and seeing a PowerPoint on the screen over there and then having like worksheets on your desk right, that you do right. and not having, you know, like breakout like even table groups are more were more like were more bearable than breakout rooms, even just hearing the phrase Yeah, we're really taking that for granted. Yeah. Back then. I mean, okay, what I miss most, I mean, when you're talking about lectures, is the fact that you can whisper to, like, your table group. Oh, yeah. And, you know, provide commentary. Wait, what the hell is she talking about? Like, I have no idea what she's on. Like, what do you guys understand? What the hell is she yeah, on? Yeah, kind of I miss the humorous commentary that I have to uh, transition into making snarky comments while I'm muted. But it, those kinds of snarky comments did help, though. The thing is, if you do them over Zoom and you're all by yourself, number one, no one's going to laugh. And number two, you're always afraid that you might not be muted and uh -huh. the teacher heard you. And yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I sent you a Discord message a couple weeks ago uh -huh. uh, explaining, oh, I hate Spanish. And guess what happened? Did they, did you, wait, did you say this aloud? Well, funny story. I made a snarky comment out loud and I was unfortunately unmuted. not muted because um, oh. I was used to, you know, returning from breakout rooms and the host muting everyone, but that didn't happen. <gasps> So I was just having a conversation you with myself. You said to your prophet, I hate Spanish. It was lovely. Um, it's not just that, too. I think it happened in math where I was like uh, -huh. uh where where my teacher was like oh yeah we love uh radicals and exponents because those big numbers are what you use in science and I was like I hate science <laughs> so um what happened was that she paused in the middle of her speaking and she you know was like okay and then I you know out you of habit checked my mute button uh -huh. and it wasn't on mute, and I just had to turn off my camera. And at this point, I was the only person with my camera on in all of my classes, <gasps> no, mostly because then, I then have. Everyone could see you because they put all the people with cameras like before the people without the cameras, so they can yeah. see you. And in the recordings, right? They only record the people with cameras on. So, I mean, I I love looking at myself in my you know crispy camera and everything, and not to sound too narcissistic. 
you guys probably don't know, Sean's camera is like offensively high quality. I don't even know where you got it or anything. Yeah, so that happened in math and Spanish. So yeah. I think some of my teachers do hate me now. Which. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Okay. Procrastination. Procrastination. What are your thoughts? Man, I have had a long, very intimate relationship with procrastination for at least the beginning since the beginning of high school. If y'all know me, if anyone who knows me is listening to the podcast right now, you know I am the type of person to like basically my philosophy is just to challenge God by turning in stuff as late as possible while still getting a fairly decent GPA. I have a reputation of turning th- turning things in at 11.58 p.m. Does that acclim- acclimatize you to the stress? It kind of does. I Yeah, I'm very used to that kind of last minute stress. I've had, you know, times where I've been taking huh. like classes. I mean, not, not classes, uh, tests. And I have like an hour to do it because I only gave myself an hour to do it. And, you know, the stress, he kind of gets, you know, pretty intense. Sounds like a good thing. Well, in a way, but I feel like, so I have this a very long winded theory that I'm not going to go into right now about why I'm like this. Mainly has to do with the fact that I was labeled a gifted kid in my youth. Oh, yeah. All the former gifted kids know. Y'all know. Um, heard about this i'm not one of yeah them. i i could give a long a long talk about it but we don't have time for that um i feel like the fact that i, I i'm very used to stress and i can kind of you know adapt to the stress uh is a good thing but also the fact that i have little to no work ethic is probably going to bite me in the ass later and overall i think i'm not i'm not going to get used to this at all I'm very thing about, The thing about being an, an, a very habitual procrastinator is that it gives you a very acute sense of time. Like for me, I know that if I have like certain, as long as it's not a huge project and it's like only, I've, I only have like a few assignments to do in, in any given night, right? The latest I can start is 10 o'clock. I can't start 11. I have tried doing 11 and it has not worked out. I can tell you from experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, my GPA can tell you from, ex- from experience. Um, I, the latest I can start is at 10. And then once you start, once you set yourself a starting point and you give yourself like two out at two hour window, you know, you can, you can, once you're used to procrastinating, you can tell about approximately how much time you need to budget for each assignment in order to get everything turned in on time, it's like it's very hmm. on the go, you know? You know, I've tried doing eleven o'clock, that doesn't work, it never works. I've tried doing ten thirty, that also does not work. Only ten o'clock works for me. So. Sounds like a superpower to me. I never have a sense <laughs> of time. If I actually go all in with procrastination or working hard, I lose all sense of it. It just all time just flies of, by. All sense of time? Time, yeah, of time passing. Yeah. Again, it's very subjective. Time is the one thing you cannot buy. Oh, I hope in that discussion we've covered um, enough topics on student responsibilities and student procrastination. Mm-hmm. Just don't be Gen me. It's <laughs> the moral of the story. We're going to move on to uh, random <laughs> as I like to call it. Oh, and as like Sean hates oh, uh, the phrasing. Uh, we will always have this debate. It is the random shenanigans segment to keep it. I don't PG. know why you feel the need to censor us. I don't. It's not like there are any six-year-olds listening to this. I mean, well, that's way too young. Any ten-year-olds <laughs> listening to this podcast being influenced by my use of the word. 
Oh my god, Eunice. This is supposed to be for the global community. Today, what would you like to talk about? Ah, uh, yes. So, um, I actually want to talk about, quick plug on my camera right here, my pictures. Um, this is, I promise this isn't random. Um, I'm just getting extra legitimacy points because we talked about my camera before. He's just plugging his flicker. That's all this is. Uh, but if you scroll down to page two, you might be able to see one of my awesome pictures. This was taken last night during Halloween. Which one? I don't know page what I'm to be looking at. Page of two? Of the call doc. Yes. Of the call doc. Oh, we're on of the, the call doc. doc. Oh, that is the moon. Wait, wasn't yesterday? Yesterday was supposed to be a blue moon, wasn't it? Yes, it was bright. Um, I don't exactly know what a blue moon is, but it was bright and it was full and was nice and large. So I was actually in a call with my friend uh, last night when the stars were out. And she said that, you know, the moon was the moon is very bright. You should go see it. Uh, and me being the dumbass I was, I couldn't figure out where the, where the hell the moon was. So I looked out about five different windows and could not locate uh, the moon. So I'm kind of sad I missed it. Do you know if it was actually blue or was it just like... I think what I recall what a blue moon is, is the second full moon in a month. Oh, so it's not, it's not actually I think, blue. yeah, that's how the phrase goes, once in a blue moon. Oh, that's so disappointing. But Why would they market it like that? It's a full moon, and it looks very awesome. I mean, but it's not that's blue. taken with my camera, okay? that's You realize if you, if you, 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 you give the FDA, the Federal Drugs, uh, uh, something. Food and drugs. Uh, uh, Food and Drugs Administration, I know my agencies, they would, they would find, find you for mislabeling a product like that. And yet, as the astronomy community gets to say, yeah, this is called a blue moon. We're going to move on. Uh, Where are we going to move Dope on? photos, by the way. I checked out your Flickr. They look pretty cool. Um, so, yes, I just wanted to show you that because it's really awesome. And it's beautiful. And it's crispy. I love looking at the moon. Like, sometimes I literally just, like, look up. I don't even know my... My window faces the moon. Maybe I should have checked my bedroom window last night. But uh, I, you know, like if you, when you stare at the moon, do you ever just think that's like a planet? Like that's a whole. That's a whole. I was about to swear. I can't swear in this podcast. That, that's a whole something planet. But yeah, it's a whole freaking ball in space. Yes, and we can see it. Like that's a thing. That's a thing that exists. Yeah, I've also taken pictures of Mars and Jupiter, and you can actually see. Mars and Jupiter. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is my random, my random shit for the day. Uh, back in like elementary school, there was this one time where this guy from a museum came to our, our class. It was like probably second grade because we were like Chinese children. And he made like this huge inflatable dome that we all went into. And then there's like a, he projected like the night sky and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, oh. Dude, look at all these cool stars. I, I remember very clearly. I don't know why. Uh, my brain selectively chooses random memories to for me to keep uh, in yes. in my in my teenager years. A planetarium. Uh, yeah, I I pointed at like this red dot in the sky, and I was like, "Oh, that looks like a cool star." And he was like, "That's Mars." I'm like, "That's dope." So Mars is my favorite <laughs> planet for that for only that reason. Oh my gosh, Mars 2028, guys! If you know what that means, I don't. It's okay. I'm gonna throw this out there for all the all the listeners. That that is it for our random segment. We're gonna move on to the politics segment, which I'm sure 
it being November 1st, 2020, uh, everyone has been anticipating. Ah, uh, yes. So we are approximately two days. It's November 3rd. Uh, talking about elections, I... I'm going to be real. I don't think we're going to get the results on election day. And I've heard other people, specifically people on Twitter, say we're not going to get election day because uh, there have been mishaps on the system. Did you actually did you help your parents vote? Because I I did like most of the research for my parents ballot. So you could say that I you know the process for when you grow up and can't vote. Mm -hmm. Two years, two more years. I'm going to need to elicit your help in two years. Uh, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of views that don't really know that the presidential ballot, I mean, the, the ballot isn't just, you know, presidents, uh, Democratic, Republican, mm-hmm. other, and then like, that's it. Like, there's literally so many things you have to vote for. You have to vote yep. for federal positions, like um, whoever who's going to be your rep and who's going to be your senator. Yep. Uh, who's going to who's gonna be uh, the president, of course, and who's going to be... Like, like especially like state level positions. Talking yes. about you have like like resol- not I'm not they're not they're not called resolutions. They're called like referendums. Referendums. Those there things. We go. Yeah, and you have to vote for um, your your state representatives. You have to vote for state treasurers or stuff. There's position state positions I never heard of until like last just now week. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a long process, but it's kind of it's weirdly fulfilling. I mean, it is the cornerstone of a democracy. Um, it is. If we want to talk about that and be all idealistic, <laughs> yeah. But be all honestly, big picture. I guess that's probably why most people don't vote because it's confusing, and no one has time for that mm-hmm. until you got to make time for it. And you you do have to make time for it, but the the problem being like for those states that don't do all mail voting like uh like we do here in Washington, that that usually requires you know standing in line for hours and then you have to make all your decisions right there at the ballot box. Like you have yes. to know who you're voting for, and if you don't even know what's going to be on the ballot, then you're just filling in positions just because they're Democrat or filling positions just because they're you know Republican, you know, on party lines. The ballot. Yeah, long part. Like a lot of people do that, and I, I, you know, I really understand like how tempting it is to do that. Can you just imagine doing that though? Like standing in line for hours and hours because I it is I, the American political process. It is an American political process. I mean, I guess we should be glad that we get to vote at all. Right. So go out and vote. Here's the PSA, please, if you can. Yeah. If you can't, make sure you register to vote. Because mm-hmm. 17-year-olds can do that. 16-year-olds, yeah. 16 when you get year your olds. driver's license, I believe you are able to register in advance. Yeah. Yes. And if you are also a teen that, you know, if you ready register yourself or you can't, uh, register someone else who is an adult and is legally able to vote. Because, you know, every vote counts. Although you are just a single vote in a million, like, vote C... You are still part Hundreds of the block. Of millions, million. Hundreds of millions of votes. Yes. A C of that. You're still part of a voting block and your voice mm-hmm. still matters. Mm-hmm. Which is, I guess, both horrifying and amazing to think about. Question Why do we call politicians who act in a youthful fashion, not calling out any names, but I hope we've all heard the phrase 
you know, children on the playground. Why do we do that? I you know? actually, I'm going to be real with you, Sean. I've never heard that phrase before. Interesting. So, like, you- you've never heard, for example, people uh, complaining about the uh, inefficiency of the Senate just by saying, oh. oh, they're acting like children on the playground. They're calling names. They're retaliating. They're blocking things. Have you yeah. heard of that? I, 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 I've never heard the phrase, but I can understand, you know, just from hearing the context with the Senate, this especially the Senate, um, why people would refer to politicians as children on the playground. I a very interesting question. Yeah, I've heard of that phrase more and more um, recently in the news. And although I'm not going to give any context for that, I just find it to be extremely inappropriate. Um, inappropriate? Yes. I think, honestly, we can definitely find better metaphors than that. I can vouch hmm. that my playground experiences as a child did not encompass <laughs> any name-calling, uh, did not encompass any deadlocking or political opposition. Children do tend to be, if you're talking about any given child in an elementary school playground, children do tend to be more mature um, than a lot of politicians you see. And I feel like that's a big reason why a lot of of youth uh, are just people in general discouraged from being interested in politics, getting involved, even voting, as we were talking about before. People think of them as stubborn, but... Not necessarily if you think about all the factors that go into their decisions, because it's politics. It is. Politics is very complex. Student life. Mm, we are mm. live, surprisingly. Okay, I hope we lighten this up just before we end. No. Um, <laughs> it's going to get more <laughs> depressing. Let's yep. do this. Okay, firsthand, IB. We did an episode uh, a while ago talking with a former, or not a former, but a current IB DP uh, student. Mm-hmm. And now that we've entered into the IB world ourselves, virtually, mm-hmm. uh, what are our feelings on that? Uh, it's a wild ride, bro. It's been a wild ride. It is... Certainly something that I the memes did not prepare me for, you know. I feel like the fact that I am part of the program, it, it only sunk in about mid-October. And then I realized, like, oh, crap. Like, I'm. this is what I'm, it's going to be like until next June. And we're going to do it all over again. And then next September. Yep. Yeah. No kidding. The I think with IB, I don't know if this is true with you, but mm-hmm. for me, I'm not getting... It's like entering to high school all over again. In a way. In a, In way. a way. There is that learning curve. most of my teachers have taken away multiple choice assessments. Oh. In favor mm-hmm. of written ones. And what's more, uh, most of my teachers are grading on a different level than what I've been used to before. Yes. Yes. Very much so. And if you want to know more from an insider who doesn't happen to want to complain, go ahead and listen to our podcast episode. Yeah, with Nathan. With Nathan. All right. Uh, Eunice, thank you so much for potting with me. It's been a pleasure. This episode is edited by Sean, produced by Sean and Eunice. The graphic design work of the episode art is done by Eunice. This podcast is hosted on Anchor.fm, the music you're hearing right now, and at the beginning of the podcast is by Mozart for his opera, The Magic Flute. You can email us at atpartypodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to follow our Instagram 
at AT Party Podcast. And as the brothers Green always say, don't, don't forget, forget to be awesome. awesome.